Welcome to the Membership Machine Show, talking you through your membership website from initial idea all the way to finished product. Here's your host, Jonathan Denwood. Welcome back, folks, to the Membership Machine Show. This is episode 50. Yes, the big 50. Unfortunately, my normal co-host, Carmen, can't join us this week. She had a little bit of an emergency turn up at the beginning of the day. But um, we've got a special guest. He's um, co-hosts some of these shows with me. He's an expert on membership. He runs a couple of membership websites himself. And um, in this episode, we're going to be talking about pricing models. Um, basically, how you set up um, membership websites. There's different structures about the offering, i.e. the membership. Um, so um, i got Kurt with me, uh, Kurt Van Halen with me. So, Kurt, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the new listeners and viewers? Absolutely, Jonathan. My name is Kurt Von Onen. Uh, I own Manana Nomas. It's an agency that specializes in membership and learning websites. And I also work directly with WP Tonic and Lifter LMS. So uh, I look forward to connecting with folks. That's great. And like I say, um, we're going to be talking about the different um, forms you can do in pricing structures, drip feeds, all-in-one membership, online course, online community, fixed termers, um, product models. We're going to be going into a bit of a dive on pricing models and how you sell your course um, so it should be a great, interesting show. So, but before we go into the meat potatoes, I've got a couple of major mes- messages from our sponsors. We will be back in a few moments, folks. Are you looking for ways to make your content more engaging? Sensei LMS by Automatic is the original WordPress solution for creating and selling online courses. Sensei's new interactive blocks can be added to any WordPress page or post. For example, Interactive videos let you pause videos and display quizzes, lead generation forms, surveys, and more. For a 20% off discount for the tribe, just use the code WPTONIC, all one word, when checking out and give Sensei a try today. We're coming back, folks. I want to point out we've got some great special offers from the major sponsors. Plus, we've got a curated list of the best WordPress plugins that can help you build a great membership website on WordPress. I think, and I think Kirk agrees, that you should consider building your membership website on WordPress. To get all these goodies, all you have to do is go over to wp-tonic.com slash deals. wp-tonic.com slash deals. And you'll find all the goodies there. So before we go in our list, Kurt, um, what are some of the things that you think people got to know about this subject, about these, it's not, it's not precisely, I didn't know how to really name it. They are kind of pricing models, but they're more fundamental. It's the way that you distribute or it's the basic kind of quasar business model that you're going to run your course on. Yeah. How, would you, how would you explain it? Well, um, to start off with, Jonathan, I'm thrilled that you brought me in for this topic because, you know, as an agency owner, and you deal with this too, customers, they get attracted by 
you know, the shiny object syndrome, the new tool, the new whatever. But they, so they buy the tool, but they, they really haven't put the thought into how am I going to use this tool? What's my structure? And so how many times do you get halfway through a build with somebody and they go, well, wait a minute, what does the access plan do? Or how do I get someone to do this, this, and this? And you're like, this tool doesn't even do what you want. Like what, like this is new. And so part of the pre-discovery you know, journey that you have to take with a client is figuring out their methodology, their modality for business. But, you know, if this show is targeted towards people that want to do it themselves, you know, a DIY setup, you know, you got to know what your, to your point, your business plan is and how you want to sell things and then find tools that fit that modality rather than trying to change your, your plan to fit the new tool. I thought that was fantastic. Uh, that really kind of put a focus. I didn't do a fantastic job. You've done a much better one. Uh, um, um, because it's, um, it's difficult to explain it because it, it's the way, it's the fundamental, if you're not used to this, folks, you might be an expert in your particular field, but you've never done run a business yourself. Um, this might be a little bit foreign, this language, but it's fundamentally called your business model. And basically your business model, because you, you're selling e-learning, training, um, your expertise through a membership website, there's different ways that you can um, sell that experience to your target audience. I think that's the fundamentals of this. Um, would you agree before I go on, Kurt? Yeah, yeah. And, and, to be more clear, when we talk about membership models, it doesn't necessarily have to be based on learning or training. It can just be an association of some kind, like a union association. Everyone works together or something mm -hmm. like that. I mean, there's there's all different reasons to have a closed community of people. But again, that's part of your business decision to figure out what is your community and what's the purpose. Right. So let's go in to the list. So I've got on my list, drip feed. Um, so if you were trying to explain this to somebody seeking your advice connected to a membership um, website, how would you explain the concept of drip feed? To me, when I hear of drip feed, anytime that drip is mentioned, it means to me that we're spacing out content for some reason. And there's different ways to, to drip the content. Um, but, but that's what drip means. Drip means to, to space out the content. So if you wrote a book and it was 20 chapters and then you had a membership where you're going to explore a chapter a week, you know, you would just, you wouldn't put all 20 chapters up and make it available right away. You would set the access so that people could see a new chapter every week. Yeah, I know some people... Um that actually um, when somebody signs up for a DRIP membership, they actually don't even have a membership website. They, it's just a series of email. Yeah. They, uh, I've seen um, influencers, people with a lot of credibility do that. They, they, there's different ways of supplying that DRIP content. But basically, yeah. to me, you're not, you're not giving access to the whole um, course, the whole product, the whole... The whole thing straight away, you're breaking it down in chunks and then you're sending out weekly, monthly, whatever the structure is. Um, so that's where the that's where the title comes, drip feed. 
Yeah. Now, if we were actually going to like have a conversation about like pros and cons of each of these models, I think the pro of the drip feed is that you keep from overwhelming your audience with too much information at once or devaluing your product by just vomiting everything up at once, you know, because it devalues it if you just give it to them right away. But the the con is you kind of have to babysit this model a little bit. Like I think about Russell Brunson training people how to use click funnels. You know, he had a, a a whole series of Google Docs and things that he emailed and tracked and you know, it it takes effort. So there's there's some work on the back end to really manage a drip feed like that. Yeah, I think point um I think a lot of people focus on point two. Um you're not giving them the whole bundle straight away. Um, because they're worried that people will cancel. Um so you, your churn rate but I actually think the more credible, I'm not, I'm not totally dismissing um, worry too, um, but I, I, I think it's the number one that you pointed out is this, if you, the, one of the great benefits of drip feed is, because um, I've had it recently with a course that I've signed up, I signed up two weeks ago. And when I, it's a very extensive course. When I logged in, Unfortunately, not done on WordPress, folks. Uh, um, um, but when I logged in, I thought, it's HIT. Um, <laughs> you know, there's about 18 chapters and it goes into quite a lot of depth. Um, I was pre-warned. That's why I bought into the course that it was from uh, an experienced individual and it wasn't aimed at the beginner level. But I still had that feeling when I opened it and thought, oh, God. Um, yeah, so you, what have I done? Yes. And um, that's, that is one of the strengths of the drip feed model because you do avoid that. But, Kurt, is, I, I've never done one like that. Um, I've had done it done the setup for clients um but is a lot more because you know you've got to send it out you can do automation that does it um but there's more holding the hand of people a bit i think um but there we go um the all-in membership i suppose um what would you say about that all-in the all-in membership to me, um, I like it because it really takes less maintenance and babysitting, right? Like, here's all my content. You bought a membership. Have at it. Um, so you give people a little more autonomy, which, you know, for customers and clients and community that like freedom, that's wonderful. But you got to remember, like, course completion, when we talk about courses, course completion rates are some of the biggest obstacles. And these all-in memberships, they can overwhelm people. They take bits and pieces of things, and they never really get the value out of enacting the whole product, if that makes sense. Totally. So, so you don't want to set yourself up for failure. You don't want you don't want a high percentage of people not getting value from your course or product. So you got to be careful with this all-in membership. If you do this, I think you need to add some automation to help guide people through some of the content to help encourage people to finish stuff. Yeah, because I've been involved and I'm sure you have. And it's done, the people, um, it's done for the right intention, but it has consequences that they haven't worked out, is that they have these, especially when it's their first course, they hide you, 
to consult them, help them, build it, whatever. Um, and it's their first go at this, and they've worked out. I've had people present visual um, mind maps, and they've had pathways left, right, and centre all over different types of membership level. And it's taken it's taken me two hours just to look at the mind map to work <laughs> out all these different levels and. Um, I had one client and it was, um, it's still in my memory and they had, they, they, they wanted a very elaborate affiliate marketing inbuilt with a membership setup. So when um, the people were selling membership, they would get certain affiliates, but they were also independent seller they could buy their sell their own seats can you see how complicated this got really good and i hired a particular well-known developer to help me and he even said to me that this is kind of on the verge of madness this you know don't you know so people can get a bit carried away am i off am i going off course here or is this no, because there's a little bit of waffling, but the message is so important. The core message is, you know, you have to have a plan and you have to enact the plan. And it you have to run that plan by a focus group of some type that lets you know if you're crazy or not. If you put too many options in, you overwhelm people. They never make a decision. Yeah, just just trying. My, my, my advice on this is, Keep it as simple as possible when it comes to the different levels for your first course, folks. And um, and also get some early successes for the for the students. Um, and don't worry that it's don't concern yourself with what I call the warm peace version of a membership course. That well, people think you know they need to they do need to show some value. Um, so they tend, because it's their first go at this, they tend to throw everything in. And, um, I think you need that input from your first students and then you can build it out. On to, on to the next one. Um, the outline course. What do you think of this? Well, well, we consider having an online course. It's, um, we've kind of talked about it already, right? Yes, but it's like, yeah. but you're a subject matter expert, you're sharing knowledge with somebody. And so you're building that membership based off of a shared knowledge of a specific subject. And so I think that that is, um, you know, there's, there's some cases like when I look at the all in membership we talked about. So in my own mind, I'm like, that's a library. That's a library of courses. That's multiple courses. That's, um, you know, I'm going to have a lot of content for a single online course. If it's, if it's a one course website, I know a lot of developers that prefer this model where they just focus on one niche, one thing, and they get really, really good at it. Um, this is a great way to sell product and really make yourself an expert in a specific field. Yeah, there's a bit of overlap here. I wrote out the, the outline for this show, folks. So I'll take room. So it's kind of the opposite of the drip feed. And maybe I should have put the all in one membership. 
Um, but it's like I think you made a good summary there that it's it's focused. You've got all the content there. It's a, like what I just said about the course I've just recently signed up. It's all there. Um, and you think, oh, God. But it, you can lay it out, structure it. Um, it's going to be easier to some extent to run. And But I'm not sure about that because they... They've got their good features and their bad. There is no perfect. It's no. just a lot of gray here, isn't it? Yeah. And and so I'd like to actually, I'd actually like to ask you, Jonathan, I mean, mm. as a person that's in the market in the field and we work with stuff, do you think marketing a single course website that's very focused has more impact? Or do you think having the ability to have a library of courses for a bigger community is a, is a better way to go? How do you, how do you feel about that? I, I'm not going to. I'm not trying to avoid it, but it really depends on the case study, doesn't it? It does. Really, it does because some some are really micro micro focused, and that has strengths. I've been amazed at the success that people. I, I never even. I had one guy. He was based in Sweden, and it was in a particular medical sector, folks, and he was offering um, certification. In a certain, I hadn't even heard of the particular type of medical field. I'm not going to go into enormous detail because yeah. confidential. For confidential, I can't talk today. Confidential reasons, but it was a real niche, and um, he been doing it. He, he was looking for a total redesign and to look at moving. He was going to use. He did use Lifter LMS actually. Um, and um, he was he was on a, a, a SaaS platform, and he wanted more customization, yeah. blah blah blah. And it was a total build out, but he already had a lot of the call structure there. He was also going to take opportunity to restructure his call structure as well. You get that with a lot of people, you know, because it is a big undertaking if you're built on a SaaS and you've you're limited by design or functionality. Yeah. When a, when people are going to move to the a more the more freedom of WordPress, they normally take the opportunity and not only have a redesign but also restructure their call structure as well. Normally, um, on to the next one. Online community. What what you got to say about this one? I'm super cautious with this one, Jonathan. I am. I don't I don't mean to poo-poo some of the ideas, but online community to me comes with um it, it comes with a big weight, you know. Um for me, you have to have a community somewhere to import into it. If you try and start one from scratch and you don't have some pre-existing tribe somewhere to attract people from, even if it's just a really good email list. But like you have to have either a great email list or a successful Facebook page or a big, you know, Twitter X following, um, something to bring into it. If you launch an online community and nobody shows up, when the first paying customer shows up, they don't see any activity and they think the site's a bust. You know, if you get five people, they think it's a bust. You need you need 50 or 100 people in this thing to make it have energy and to make it find success. So that said, 
I'm a big fan of, of private online communities and the decentralization of social because I don't like, you know, the censorship of Facebook and Twitter and all these things we read about. I like the freedom of communication with my tribe, but you have to have something to attract that tribe to. And that is community. So you have to have community in order to build community. Yeah, I think you did fantastic there. This is my stance on it, folks. I think um, people are attracted to the concept of membership and community. In pure business terms, the reason why it's attractive because it makes the membership experience more sticky. Um, one of them, uh, Kurt, touched on it earlier on in this show. One of the problems is churn, I people buying a membership and they don't really compete it and then they don't renew their, their subscription. Um, it's a, every business model, every type of business has its own problems. And one of the major problems with the membership model that has a lot of very attractive elements to it is the problem of churn. And um, always being on the hamster wheel in having to produce more new content all the time to keep the engagement of your student base to stop them from deciding not to renew or saying they want to close their subscription. Um, and it can be a bit of a hamster wheel. One of the ways to get over that is community. Um, so it definitely has business and a lot of people are attracted to it. Now, um, this is my take on it. Um, I think if you're going to start, a, you know, just like what Kurt said, if you're going to move, um, if you start in a fresh and having a community element, I think it's, I, I think you're trying to attempt something too early, um, basically. And it, it's actually going to have a negative effect on you being able to get the wheel moving. Um, for the reasons that Kurt outlined, you'd be better off trying to build a community initially on Facebook. Even I run a Facebook group myself, a small one that I'm trying to build. I'm not a lover of Facebook. You know, I'll use the paid side and I will use it hopefully to my benefit. But um, there's, part, there's definitely elements of Facebook that I don't find attractive at all. Um, but I think, or there's other platforms that you can utilize, you know, um, Pinterest, not Pinterest, um, I forgot the name of it. Um, a lot of YouTube, um, people building up audience through YouTube use, um, another platform to have community. Yeah, TikTok. Yeah, TikTok has a lot of users, Instagram, um, YouTube. Uh, yeah, Pinterest, all those things. Yeah, um, Pantheon. I think that's it. Oh, yeah, Pantheon. Um, we. I should. I think we discussed it last week. Actually, my mind's going to bolt. Um, but um, I think you definitely uh, would be better off trying to build your group on Facebook or a similar or Slack. There's like three or four um, of these solutions out there and then um the other thing a good thing about which i really like about lifter lms is they've got 
they've got their own add-on product, which I see as a kind of the next stepping stone. If you've got a Facebook, because the the, the end solution is Buddy Boss, folks, if you're in the WordPress, or if you're looking at SaaS, it's Mighty Networks or it's Circles, folks. Um they all do roughly the same thing. We love Buddy Boss because we love the freedom, it, you know, of ownership it gives you. But it's a big commitment. Um, you can get enormous benefit if you're at the right stage. But a lot of people jump to it too early, in my opinion, um, because there's a lot of work. There's a lot more to do. And they haven't even built out their first course. So I... You're going to hear this a lot through this show, folks. Try and keep it simple. If it's your first go at this, folks, keep it simple because there's a lot of things to do around building a membership website. You're you're totally capable of doing it, and it's still a great model um, that doesn't cost an enormous amount of money. You're going to have to exchange some of your time um, to get the wheel moving, but it's if you but I think with community it does have its attractions because it makes it more sticky but I think you've got to look at it at the if you're at the right stage of your membership journey what do you think of what I just said Kurt yeah it kind of echoes the the, the the theme of it right and it's um, you can start on some other platform you can start on a more public social platform whatever channel you choose uh, but when you build your online community you want to be able to migrate them into your internal community and then do everything you can to put energy into it because uh, when it if it loses energy that negative reflection on you affects your brand and you know it's it that can be a it's a negative. You don't want that to happen. Yeah, and I think you've got to utilise all these social networks, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, X, whatever, whatever it's called, uh, um, uh, Facebook. They're all great, but you, you don't, you don't, uh, and they, a lot of them have Quasar membership models. I wouldn't touch them with a barge pole myself. Mm-hmm. I think I would utilize any of these to try and build audience and build exposure and then utilize it first to get them on a mailing list. You've got to do that. And secondly, at the right stage, get them over to your own website. Um, because what, you know, these platforms change, you know, they morph into something else. They, they don't particularly like you as not because they just dislike you as an individual, but, but their business models change. You're not the right fit for them anymore. Who knows? Well, it'd be a thousand things, can it, Kurt? You, you touched on one that, that really is quite evident that people could look at now and go, Oh, now I see what you mean. You know, cause there's Patreon and, um, you know, there was locals and OnlyFans. When OnlyFans started, it was not the vendor source that it is today. It was meant for, you know, artists and musicians. Yeah. And, you know, so imagine you put hundreds or thousands of dollars into building yourself as a credible musician on that platform. And now you're surrounded by the content that it normally hosts. And and you don't have that control. Whereas if you put it in your own website, you know, with a Buddy Boss example, you would have been in complete control of your marketing and, and your brand. 
I think that was a, that was very very tactful as well, Kurt. Oh, I'm thank very, you, sir. I'm very impressed. <laughs> He's much more tactful than me. Uh, um, I can I can be tactful when I want to be, can't I, Kurt? But sometimes I don't. I don't do I? Uh, um, uh, um, he's very tactful, and that was a beautiful example. Uh, that really, you know, you don't have. To, it doesn't have to be something that you're doing. I you've got a particular political or social opinion. It doesn't have to be that. It could be that, that it's just what Kurt's just a, a, with his beautiful example. It can be just that the the platform that you've spent an enormous amount of time building an audience. There was another platform, Kurt, um, I can't remember its name, not doing well. It came out about three or four years ago, just before, it was a, it was about 18 months before COVID. Um, and it was a, I can't remember, it was a kind of voice podcast video platform where you could have group chat on video using Vulp. And it was getting popular. And um, I knew somebody that was spending a lot of time. And I was doing some of these shows. I was putting some WP Tonic on it. And it was a really interesting platform. Um, But they had VC backing, but they were burning through it like yesterday. And I think they burnt through because it was utilising a tonne of bandwidth. Yeah, yeah. and they were burning it, and they they didn't really have a business model to really cover the costs. So when they, so after about a year, they they gave two weeks notice, and they closed the whole platform down. Yep, it's over, folks. It was a good ride. Yeah, I only spent a bit of time. I knew somebody had spent a lot more time on it. But imagine if you built your whole business on it. And then, and it's then gone. oh, goodbye, folks. It, it was a good show. We had a good time, but it just didn't work out. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's a tough one to swallow, but maybe we should move on to the fixed termer. I think we should go for our middle break, actually. Oh, let's take a middle break. We're going to go for our middle break, folks. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. This podcast episode is brought to you by Lifter LMS the leading learning management system solution for WordPress. If you or your client are creating any kind of online course, training-based membership website, or any type of e-learning project, Lifter LMS is the most secure, stable, well-supported solution on the market. Go to lifterlms.com and save 20% at checkout with coupon code podcast 20 that's podcast two zero enjoy the rest of your show we're coming back folks i think it's been a great first half show i just want to point out that if you're looking to um to build your membership or community website and wordpress why don't you look at wp tonic um wp tonic is a fantastic hosting provider we specialize in um optimizing our hosting for membership and for community websites using buddy boss will also provide a really extensive suite of the best premier plugins that's all part of the deal plus email functionality for marketing email and a lot lot more um it's a 
really a great service at a great price. So if that's interesting, and hopefully it will be, go over to WP Tonic, have a look at what we've got to offer, and you can book a free chat with myself. Um, we'd love you to become a part of the tribe. On the next part we go. Um, fixed, uh, the fixed terma, and I've put it in co co cohorts because I know you re you just recently done a video yeah. um, with Chris of Lifter LMS about this new functionality that's part of the Lifter LMS and Lifter and Learn Dash are the two learning management systems that we um, supply and recommend. So. Um, What's, what's this term about fixed term? And I'll put in brackets cohorts. Um, do you think cohort metaphor is right to link it with fixed term? I think it is in a way, isn't it? It is. It is. Um, when you first think about a fixed term, right? So the way that this is written, it says, you know, this kind of membership has a fixed membership period. Could be anything from seven days to 12 months. Well, boom, nailed that, right? So immediately as a course creator, you're faced with the turn, right? That the churning idea of every time I finish this, I got to get another group of students. I got to get another group of students. Um, that's not necessarily the the case, right? So um, I don't want people to get kind of locked into thinking that they're stuck on some hamster wheel as you described, but a fixed term or a cohort is awesome for businesses that have new product and they have to get everyone in their company trained on the new product in a certain time or for schools that have semesters or trimesters or things like that. You have a group of students going through stuff at the same time time. And so uh, when you think about it in those terms, um, having a cohort management for your site or what you call it a fixed term, giving someone a certain amount of time to go through something, um, you know, making good on your commitment and your membership, um, it's a really great way to go. Now, Lifter's new cohort is awesome because it kind of automates the process and it duplicates, it duplicates the existing course into a new course without taking the students out of the old course. So that's a really cool thing. And it kind of automates that. And it puts you in control of whether the course shows up in the course catalog or not, and all that kind of stuff. So I don't want to overwhelm this audience if they don't have, you know, exposure to the to the core product first. But the the cohort tool is really cool because it kind of automates things in Lifter. But if you didn't have the cohort tool and you wanted to have a fixed term situation, I go right back to like Facebook. Remember the Facebook challenges that were so popular before COVID and through COVID? Here's a five-day challenge to lose 10 pounds. Here's a 15-day challenge to, you know, learn how to run your calendar. Here's a 15-day challenge to learn how to read scripture. There was all these challenges on Facebook. If you were to take that concept and put that into the course and lesson format inside your own WordPress example, you, would, you wouldn't be dependent on Facebook for running your stuff or subject to Facebook, like turning off your account in the middle of running one of those challenges. You'd be able to import those people into your own site, and then you'd be able to create a, a marketing list off of their participation and sell them additional goods and services, you know, post-event, which I think is the big marketing plan. Yeah, I think the other thing is it gets you, like you did touch, it gets you off the hamster wheel. Um, I, I've noticed more established um, 
individuals that got already built a good following use this model because um, there's a guy that I've I followed his podcast, The Art of Online Business, um, Rick Murray. I followed I followed him for years, and he's a specialist in uh, paid Facebook and paid Facebook training for those that got um, got a six figure business or people that are looking to run a Facebook paid agency. He trains, but his courses he he runs them on the cohort model, and that gets him um, off the hamster wheel. So they're not cheap, these courses, but I haven't been on one, but Rick gives me the impression that he really knows what he's talking about. I've tried to get him on my show, but he um, he said no, basically. Uh, um, <laughs> um, so, but I might be having one of his close colleagues actually come on this show. They're thinking about it. Um Rick, I asked him to come on my other podcast, folks, the WP Tonic Show, folks. Um, but it does get you, get you um, and it gives you the time to update your course. You know, things do change in every subject, you know, especially in a subject that Rick's in, because Facebook is changing all the time. You know, yeah. they're changing. So he needs time to look at his course material. And then he has he has a hybrid model where if you uh, if you go to another level of price, you um you go down to Southern California where he lives and you have a week with Rick. Um, but that costs quite a lot of money. Or you um you can have one-to-one sessions, but that costs even more. Um, so he gives you a lot of choices. Um, but his basic, which is, I would imagine, he describes that as the tip of his funnel because he's offering all these other levels as well. He also, I think I might be wrong there, but there's a lot of people actually, before you can have access to the upper levels, you've got to go through the basic level, which yeah. you you think, oh, doesn't that restrict? But it actually pre it pre um, pre qualifies people that it's going to be much that you've built a relationship for the course, so you can sell them higher price elements, and it's going to be because you built and hopefully they've been happy with the course, so it's going to be easier. So yeah, that's actually the model I use with my power sports example. Oh, right. So. People have to take the online courses and they have to attend, you know, virtual consulting sessions before I agree to do an in-person visit. Because it doesn't make sense to pay me all that money to come visit in person if you haven't done the base content. No, and do you think, oh, it doesn't really matter. It does matter if you're serious in the long, medium term because yeah. because it will get around that. Now, Kurt's a great guy and you are Kurt. Um um, he's been very generous in helping me, folks. Um, but he'll get around, you know, fun, don't matter how nice you are, they expect to get a result. And they won't mention they never, never did any of the things you recommended or the, went through. It's just that you went down there and it cost them arm and a leg and they didn't get anything any results, they won't tell the people the reason they didn't get any results is they never did the training. Never did the work. 
Yeah. And so in, in my little, you know, training niche of the world, um, I make people take the, the courseware and go through the consulting and I get them to a certain level of performance before I visit in person. Cause if I go early, I never get them to the level that they have the potential for. On to the next thing, product model. What do you reckon this is? Well, I look at it almost like, um, Instead of it being necessarily a membership example, I look at it kind of like an easy digital download. I most interpreted this as like, you know, I wrote a book and here's the ebook and you can download it at this link, you know, put in your email and your, you know, make a purchase and become a member of the site for that. But when I look at that product modeled in that way, again, I go back to I'm building a list. I'm I'm using it for community building of my own in that email list. And then is it used for future marketing endeavors? That's kind of the way I thought of that. Yeah, I, I kind of see it also that um, if, if you've got people's, you know, normally there's a lot of cross-fertilization, i.e. You're, you're selling them a course, but you're also selling them kind of digital product. Depends on the structure of your course, if if it's all all in one membership, this won't be part of that because they get it's all in one. Um, you got others where um, it's a it's called a trigger wire. It's a, a mini course it could either be free, but a lot of people use it. It's um, a course at a, at a very reasonable price, and then. People enter. It's a glorified lead magnet in some ways, but it's cool structure. A very re, like at forty nine ninety nine or nine ninety nine, whatever. Yeah. Um, you you get that person's email, um, so you can market to them in future, and then um, you can sell them other digital products in the shopping cart upsells. Um, or you could ship them physical stuff. There's there's a lot. You know, um, I know quite a few people that were on X, XE, um, you know, the craft, and they're terrible folks. They're a classic example. They, they've shafted their user base a few times, but people still use it because it's a marketplace. But if I was building a clientele on XE, I would be looking to get them onto my own website all the time and getting them on a mailing list, maybe offering them a small course about, you know, about the craft thing that you're making. Um, but I would always be trying to get them off that platform onto my website, onto my own email list, because they're notorious. They've changed their terms and conditions about, the, I think it was last year or, or the beginning of this year, and they've done it before, and they really um, shafted their – these people really rely on that platform, and they were really taken to the cleaners to some degree. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think – and we we go back to this all the time, Jonathan. It's We can look at all these SaaS platforms and look at these other marketplaces that we can add our name or our product to or try to get exposure on. But at the end of the day – you know, you, you want to own your name, you want to own your branding, you want to own your audience, and, you know, you want to be in control. And you get that, you know, through building that in your own platform through WordPress. Yeah, and I've got to say, folks, 
Um, at the Membership Machine Show, we cover all things. We cover yeah. SaaS, WordPress. I'm upfront that uh, that it's WordPress that I believe in. Um, but what the SaaS models, you know, the hosted um, SaaS uh, providers are very good. They're very good at their propaganda. It's really, really easy, blah, blah, blah. And WordPress is very, very bad at marketing. Um, and... There are some additional hoops. You know, if you do host at WP Tonic, we do our best to make it. We do care and we do work with our clients to get them up and running and have success. Um, but what the SaaS models, and then you can't blame them, um, what they don't is you're building your business, your livelihood on somebody else's property. And if they want to put the prices up or they, whatever it is, and look at what happened to Exe, um, do a Google search, it will come out how their um, people that have been using that platform for over 10 years were just shafted to some extent. Um, so keep that in mind, folks. Service model, what, what do you write about this one? Well, I, I love the service model, Jonathan, I'm, and I'm glad you put it in this list because I don't think there's a lot of people that recognize the power of it. Um, for example, I, a lot of what we do is a service model. You know, we have clients that we share that, you know, that reach out to us on a monthly basis that that take our services, our time for for training or design work or information or maintenance or upkeep. And that's an example of that service model. So I think of... Uh, think of like a John Ma Maxwell certified person like me, right? There's 30,000 people that are John Maxwell certified in this country and almost all of them need a website to offer consulting and training or speaking, right? And that's stuff that people could sign up for, have a membership for, companies could subscribe to your services for a, a retainer of so many hours of consulting per month and it just creates multiple revenue streams. It just it allows you to build in those verticals. Yeah, it's um, probably in the um, in the membership model, business model. Probably the service side is probably going to be a lot more profitable. And um, there's many creative ways of doing it: having a mastermind group, and yeah. then have individual coaching online. Yeah. And the then, like, and then what I pointed out with uh, Rick, he has his physical. Um, summits, his physical meetups as part of the membership. And at each stage, at each stage where it normally works is that the, the individual that has built up a community, um, to get more individual one to one access with that individual, you have to pay more, more money uh, or, or it's normally virtual and then group virtual, then physical group then uh, but in between you can have one-to-one -one virtual coaching and then you can literally have physical coaching but that um but normally um because you've got dealing with people all over the country all over the world the top tier is one-to-one -one virtual um or which or you can have the um group physical they're the top tier. Um, what do you reckon? 
I was just, my brain was just going crazy as you were talking, Jonathan. And I was thinking. I, do, I have that effect on a lot of people, Kurt. If, if you take the service concept and you get out of the box and you think about opportunity for like people listening to this startups that have never been in business before, think about it. You could be a teenager, pick up dog poop at people's houses in your neighborhood, put that on a website as a service, let people subscribe to it. People swipe their credit card. You go to their address and pick up dog poop. It's that simple. You never even have to see the people. Just do the job. And I think so. That's going to be my next career. It, it could be. Imagine that. You wouldn't even have to see the people. You could be the pool boy. The pool boy could have a membership. You know, subscribe subscribe through the website, and they come out. You know, every two weeks and clean the pool. It's um. There's so many opportunities and different ways to reframe the way we think about doing business and ways to actually conduct business today that maybe we wouldn't have thought of half a decade ago. Yeah, it's true. I think that was a good conclusion. Actually, I got I was going to do, but I think that was a. I think that I think that's a good what good message to end the show. Hopefully, you found this useful, folks. If you did, please give us some feedback. Leave a review on iTunes for us, or if you're watching this um, on YouTube, leave leave a comment. Or if you've got any questions, just put it there. I answer them all. Um, like I say, hopefully I'll be back next week with Carmen. We'll be talking about another set. So, Kurt, what is the best way for people to find out more about you and your services? Well, Manana Nomas is the agency, and almost anything out there that with Manana Nomas on it comes back to me. I have a Manana Nomas podcast, but I'm the only Kurt Von Anen on LinkedIn. So if you want to reach me directly, that's the best way to reach me. Right. Thank you, Kurt, for um, coming on the show this week with short notice. Um, But I think it's been a great show and I think we've offered some great value for our discussion. Hopefully. I'm pretty sure about that. Um, We'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Membership Machine Show. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and leave a rating to support the show. Until next time.